Hopewell Farm CBD hemp products are naturally sourced from Tennessee. Their 100% pure hemp products are made from the finest non-GMO hemp. Each product is designed to provide natural healing, help you regain strength, and promote holistic health. Save 10% today with promo code JOURNEYTOTRUTH10. Click the link below in the description for a discount or go to hopewellfarmtn.com. A lot of this information has been kept uh, uh, sort of locked up or kept undercover because of the invasion of the Smithsonian group way back in the 1880s. What actually happens is it's not taken to preserve it, it's taken to hide it. And um, about four and a half miles from here, a cave was discovered. It's not really a cave as such, it's a man-made cavern system. But how the hell do you get that much granite? Because the granite on the base of that damn near weighs what the dirt on the top of it weighs. Nobody knows what's underneath it. I've heard a theory that there's a spaceship underneath it. There was copper and steel plated artifacts that depicted men in armor with shields and helmets. Including right here at Cahokia, there were reported two giants with double rows of teeth and six fingers and six toes. Extra vertebrae or extra ribs in their cage. These are different races of people. They're not just regular humans. Definitely is a stone burial chamber and there's a large body in it, uh, bones. I would say 15 to 16 feet. I saw different types of extraterrestrials here with the Native Americans. The peoples of the Cahokia Mounds actually saw the Birdman as some kind of cosmic being and not a humanoid being. So this Birdman was the last in the pure and the true of his kind. So yes, there are, there were rituals or there were dances and celebrations and people would dress up like the galactic beings that were visiting. Um, but there were actual physical galactic beings that were visiting. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. As many of you may know, our documentary on the Cahokia Mounds is officially released. Well, the pre-release has happened on our Patreon. Um, it's only $5 to sign up. If you haven't seen it, go over there, check it out. Um, it's getting great feedback. You know, we poured our heart and soul into this thing. It was three and a half years in the making, and now it's finally out. I'm super excited to for everyone to see it. And the official public release will happen in a couple of weeks. We're still waiting on some copyright approvals and a few things. And uh, we'll, we'll have a date shortly uh, when it will be released publicly. So we're really excited about that. Go check it out. If you haven't, the Patreon link is below in the comments. And just a reminder, Aaron and I will be in Aztec, New Mexico at the end of August for the Sunfire Music Festival or Sunfire Festivals, not necessarily a music festival. Um, we're going to have our uh, experience air lounge set up there and we're going to be having a lot of fun. So if you want to come hang out with us, those tickets are available below at sunfirefest.com. So tonight we are joined by Frank Jacob. He's a filmmaker and he's done a lot of research on Project Looking Glass, Chrono Visor, the Yellow Cube, timelines, timelines. all that, all that stuff. 
and we're going to dive deep and we're going to figure this out and unwrap what's been going on because this is truly a timeline war that we're in the middle of right now. And I don't think people quite understand the depth and the magnitude of what's actually going on and how uh, it is a temporal war. So we're going to have fun getting into that today. So welcome to the show, Frank. Thanks for having me, Tyler. Nice to see you guys. Hey, Aaron. Yeah, you too. So, yeah, great to have you on. I just watched some of your Guardians of the Looking Glass videos, and I was fascinated because this is something I really hadn't heard of. And maybe if you'd like to give our audience just, you know, an idea of what that is, and then we can go from there. The Guardians of the Looking Glass are a group that emerged about a year and a couple of months ago. It was March, I guess, March 2022. Uh, um, I stumbled on them by a total fluke. I was somewhere else researching another topic altogether, and I saw this um, link to something called The Guardians of the Looking Glass. And because I knew about the Looking Glass, having done different film projects, and I knew Bill Ryan personally, we know him, he um, introduced us to that material and my partner, Tanya Maidenford, she was familiar with Project Looking Glass. So I'd had it peripherally in my in my scope, but I never really dove deeply into it. And then last year, this group shows up calling themselves the Looking or the Guardians of the Looking Glass. And so I couldn't resist the temptation clicking on the link. And I ended up on their YouTube channel, which at the time, I think had been live about two or three days. And there were maybe 70 hits, something like that on their videos. And they were just these speech videos, um, text-to-speech kind of thing, speech-to-text videos. And I thought, okay, what the heck, I'll just listen to it. And I checked it out, and I immediately had this feeling of, okay, this sounds like it could be real. And I knew the material about the looking, the Project Looking Glass material well enough to know that there were a lot of sync points and overlaps with their material that uh, they were basically saying that they had been involved in that Looking Glass project back in the 90s and early 2000s. And and they had described about how the Looking Glass was this technology which enabled the people who were running that project to peer into timelines. And that by peering into timelines, they could see certain um, dominant timelines and how they would play out. And it looked like they were going to play out toward uh, some kind of a finale in the year 2030, which was another interesting date because 2030, of course, has a lot of significance with respect to other things that I've been researching, like Agenda 21 uh, and, you know, the World Economic Forum's plans. And it seemed to tie in a lot. And what they were talking about were the convergence of the timeline and, and the and the dominant timeline prevailing in the year 2030 and uh, at, at a point where there was going to be some kind of a cosmic event and the cosmic event, of course, means implies something outside of the Earth, something in our cosmos, something in our galaxy, something in our solar system that was going to happen and that was going to have an effect on the entire planet. And this was another subject was which I was we were familiar with and I was familiar with. We had made a film called Solar Revolution with a German biophysicist over here, bestseller who put out a book called Revolution 2012. And he was going along exploring into the area of the idea that there was going to be this cataclysmic event that was going to affect the whole planet and shift us toward another level of consciousness. So that was another interesting sync point for me personally. And they were talking about how this event was going to happen, but there was um, a possibility that it, it was about the timelines and that one of the timelines, if it prevailed, 
would have would mean that essentially we would end up on a, a what they call just a dark timeline at the future where um you know a very dystopian future where the the people that uh take over um and dominate the planet at that point eliminate the last bit of free will the last bit of anonymity uh and you know essentially complete this long process of moving us toward kind of a yeah like a technocratic absolute dominating dictatorship in the world kind of like a technological version of communism but that there was another timeline that they had seen the odds of that succeeding were less of course a lot less i think less than you know like one or two percent chance of it succeeding but that they had seen this timeline and that they knew that there were these times where they had to emerge and drop that intel out into the population so that there was a chance that that timeline would grow strong enough that by the time um, 2030 hits that the cosmic event that happens would uh would trigger some natural biological process in humanity and that tied a lot into what we were talking about in our film solar revolution the other option the negative timeline involved something to do with vaccinations and of course at the time that they brought these videos out that whole subject of vaccinations being c19 was very current but nobody really knew at that point much about what was going to happen they just thought I mean, a lot of people in the world are pro-vax, right? So they were waiting and couldn't wait for this vaccination to come along and, you know, to cure everyone of what, what vaccines supposedly normally do of this, you know, pestilent, you know, virus that's out there called COVID. So they didn't know that it would lead to where it has led in the next two years. But what the Looking Glass Guardians videos were talking about were, were pointing to exactly what seems to be happening right now. In fact, the more time that goes on, the more accurate what they were talking about seems to have become. Yeah. So I thought I'd just write an article about it because I figured the usual suspects would come forward and and take, would take up the banner that had talked about it previously. There were people out there talking about it. Obviously, I mentioned Bill Ryan, Kerry Cassidy, you know, David Wilcock, others, Bill Hamilton. Um, and, and, but nobody, you know, came out and was talking about it. And, and I wrote Bill and I said, what do you think? You know, and he said, well, I'm getting goosebumps. And I said, okay, what happened to me too? So I started to, I just wrote a story on it and I got it published in the German blog. Um, and it was picked up by an American, uh, channel, which was John Nolan's inspired because they had interested themselves. Oh, we're also interested in that subject. So they asked me on the show to talk about it. And that's kind of where things took another turn because our interview went viral and hundreds of thousands of people started tuning in and listening to that story. And so for the next six, seven months, um, we just kept following the story and seeing where it would go. And of right. course, it went in many crazy directions and many other facets came in. In the meantime, I produced a webinar called A Tale of Two Timelines which essentially was the story of the Looking Glass Guardians and the Looking Glass Project and a lot of other information, like I just mentioned, that I was tying into it, our experience having worked with biophysicists uh, 
over here in Europe and developing more of a scientific angle to see if could there be something to this? Could there be a cosmic event that could happen around that time frame? And, and putting it all together and connecting the dots. And that was really popular. And a lot of people tuned into that. So that sort of dominated most of my year. And that's probably why a lot of people know me for the looking glass story or the time or the guardians of the looking glass story. Although I'm not by me, by no means am I the only person who's ever reported on it, as you mentioned earlier in the beginning that people knew about this. But since, you know, I talked about a lot of stuff nobody else talked about, it added a lot of new facets to it, which were very fascinating. A lot of really metaphysical aspects of the topic, a lot of scientific aspects of the topic. And right. also one of the things that very few people delved into was something that one of the key players in the Looking Glass story, whose name is Dan Burish, developed with an extraterrestrial, J-Rod, is called the Doctrine of Convergent Timeline Paradox. And that doctrine is basically the story of and another amazing story all of own, which was related to the looking glass and which led to the discovery of the looking glass in the first place. Yeah. So that's about yeah, good start. Yeah. Dan, yeah, he did some great yeah. work. Um, and was it him or and who was it that was talking about breakaway civilizations? Also, was it him? No, um, uh, Richard Dolan did a work on breakaway civilizations. I think yeah. he was the first person to coin the term, and we interviewed him in 2012 before we released our film Packing for Mars which is a secret space program, Mars-oriented deep dive kind of film. Yeah, I he was watching that. Breakaway. I just watched that last night, actually. Oh, um, really? Cool. Yeah, because I didn't know. I actually didn't realize that it was even out there. I was I was uh, on the internet, and I saw, uh, the, I saw the documentary. I went on Prime and watched it, and I was like, wow, this is, this is great. You got some great interviews on there. And uh, you covered it in a way. I just, like, I didn't realize there was a documentary out there that covered it, so... Uh, that was really cool. I was surprised to see the depth of the that you went on into the secret space program type of information. Um, but going back to the looking glass, I've heard you explain in other interviews how the technology actually works. And this is something I think that we should cover because we always throw the term around looking glass technology. They can see down your timeline. Well, what does that mean? How are they doing it? Um, maybe you could help our audience understand and us understand how that works. Well, the, the looking glass technology, we're told from the whistleblowers, didn't wasn't developed in the modern era. It actually came from ancient Sumerian cylinder seals. And it was then later discovered or rediscovered in Iraq. And it was then um, you know, reverse engineered. Let's say they built it. It's a mechanical device. But Dan Borish talks about it having been found even a lot earlier. So there's a little bit of discrepancy in terms of where it and when it originated. Um, it's interesting that the, you mentioned the chronovisor because that's part of uh, featured in Packing for Mars as well. And that was definitely developed in the 1950s. And Dan Borish talked about versions of the looking glass that started to be built around the 50s, actually, and they, they were huge and clunky, and then they ba basically refined them. And what we see, what then emerged with the whistleblower starting in 2000s, was a smaller version of this um, this tank-like, you know, object with which had um, these these plasma spirals depicted in the drawings from the eyewitness uh, people that had seen it that uh, begin to accelerate. And on the one hand, it's a mechanical device which has 
specific materials that it's built of, and that's one of the keys to why it works. Uh, and that goes back to Samaria and, and something I've been working on recently. I just did a new webinar called The Inner Looking Glass. And it ties into that because I followed that story of like where did what does it mean the Sumerian cylinder seals and what they did they did this what did they discover? But it's interesting is like the device itself it operates based on certain materials, but not just the fact that it's a mechanical device. They actually place it in proximity of certain areas that are highly sensitive. There are portal areas they call them stargates, and these stargates are. You know, they sound really sci-fi-y and stuff, but they're actually real legitimate energy points all around the planet in certain areas that are located underground, on the surface, above, out in space. These are like little mini, you could think of them as wormholes mm -hmm. that t tune in to or that congeal or concentrate other dimensional energies. Yeah. And the looking glass device... It is device that is built to actually be placed in proximity of one of those gates. And then it, it basically um, draws that information into this plasma, uh, spinning plasma coil. And that begins to rapidly spin and show uh, like a, a gritty holographic 3D image of, of a timeline, of a, of a recognizable event. And the people at first uh, were working with it, were describing what they saw in terms of uh, they could see that what they saw were familiar events from the perspective of the viewer, but that they were clearly events that had not happened yet. But they weren't so far in the future that they become unrecognizable again, because, you know, if it's say it's it's information about political events on the world stage, then if it's like 50 years in the future, you're never going to recognize any of those people. So it seemed to be things that were in the near term, but apparently also things that were from our past. And, um, you know, and if I'm to believe what they're saying also uh, has to do with alternative versions of the present. But yeah. what was interesting was, of course, always the future. Um, you know, the past is, of course, fascinating, too. But I think a lot of people want to know, you know, what's coming down the pipe? What Where is it going? And according to Dan Borish, they began, they, they realized that they, that they could um, manipulate the timelines by affecting things in the in the present, and they could see their outcome in the future. And it, but it wasn't until the Looking Glass Guardians that who came along, then you know, twenty three years later, with their you know ominous or intensive video text videos that they brought out, that we got more information about what exactly these time loops, how they looked, like what what they how were they built up. And that thought part for me was very interesting because they were talking about a cycle. They would go for seven days and then um, the cycle would repeat itself again, uh, all over again, but it would be another perspective. And it would do this a total of 144 times, amounting to 1,076 days in total for one complete cycle, which is 4.76 years. So they knew that at some point, you know, when they were watching this, they recognized the the loops and the cycles, and they began keywording the events so that they could go back and reference the events, because then it became interesting for them, like they were thinking, okay, well, if we can affect this event here now in the present, we know that such and such is going to happen. How will that change if we intervene now? And once they did that, they began altering the timelines to the point where they created timeline paradoxes. 
and uh, and they began working on all kinds of versions of the timelines to try to work in their favor. And we're talking about the elite here that are trying to make it work in their favor. Um, and eventually what they noticed as, is that no matter what they did, how they intervened, the timeline that they preferred always was the prevalent one that, that superseded all of the timelines in the future. And so they stopped intervening. And not only that, they were warned no no longer to, to play with the timelines in this particular area that we're traveling in, in the cosmos, because of the chaos it could, it could you know, trigger. Right. There's well, another version of it out there, which people may be familiar with, which was put out by another so-called whistleblower called Bill Wood. Bill Wood was then later brought forward as a as a false identity, his name is Bill Brockbrader, and he brought a version of the story out that said all the timelines were converging, but they were going to converge in the year 2012. And this was, I think he came out in 2011, mm -hmm. or the beginning of 2012. And that by December 21st, 2012, there was going to be this event and his event and his story was that there was going to be this massive awakening of consciousness all over the planet which would result in the fact that everybody in the planet would become, you know, advanced psychically and would be able to see through all of the lies of the cabal. And at that point, it was game over for the cabal. And the, and Bill Wood was there to tell his version of the story that he was called in to as a string theory mathematician to help solve the problem that it would be an end to their dominance of the planet if this were to happen like they saw it. So they were going to try and change it and everything after 2012 went went white they could see nothing so there was a whole plethora of people that jumped on that story and they were hailing it's the coming of the new age and it's the end of the cabal and blah 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 and as we know none of that ever happened bill brockrader was was brought out as you know essentially as a shill and then there was silence <laughs> for a long time you know we all know that 2012 itself the december 2012 thing with the mayan calendar was a big focal point in the new age community and also there on a set whether there's a looking glass or not that story sort of fizzled because you know a lot of people that were expecting a you know a um you know, an event that like a rapture like event where all of a sudden everyone would get like awakened. It never happened. Right. Not at least the way that it was expected to happen. Expected to. Right. Yeah. Right. So but what? Happened. but it's clear that we now know retrospectively that there was a cosmic event that took place in 2012, which would have actually totally changed the planet. But it happened in July and it had to do with the solar flare that took place. And NASA never released that information until years afterward. But we came within 10 hours of another, um, you know, Carrington uh, level event, which would have fried all of our electromagnetic uh, technology on the planet, sending us back again to literally the Stone Ages, because even when it happened in Carrington's time in 1867, they had telegraph wires, but it wouldn't have been that damaging because, I mean, they didn't have cell phones and satellites and all that stuff going on. So for us, if that would have happened, it would have been a major, major event, but that was never reported. But, and what also happened is that the Maya, they never talked about it being a sun, spontaneous, sudden type of an event, which was something we talked well, about. They, in they our didn't talk about revolution. it. They didn't talk about it being any type of event. It just right. They, the calendar exactly. Ended. Their calendar, was, they have this calendar, which is a cyclical depiction of events. And they have another kind of, um, you know, a, a, of a, um, what is it? A, a cosmology, which is based on these cycles, these grand cycles. And for them, it was simply the switching of one cycle to another cycle. And that cycle was going to usher in 
this era that people are talking about where there would be a higher level of consciousness on the planet. And that definitely did commence, you could say, around 2012, but not because of some, um, you know, shock event. It was more to do with, well, at least not some shock event in our local galaxy that shock took place. We talked about it in our film because there was um, a plasma planet being sucked into the center of a black hole in the middle of our galaxy in an area called Sagittarius A. And that uh, being pulled into the center of this black hole gushed out and released and ejected a ton of energy, an energy wave and a particle wave and x-rays and gamma rays and all kinds of stuff that we were covering in in that film. But what we learned um, ever since uh, then is that that event actually took place. And that's also something which NASA has suddenly finally dropped out there after many years is that that event did take place, but it took place 26,000 years ago, corresponding to another kind of cycle. And you find out that there are these long cycles. There are these 12,000 year cycles, there are 6,000 year cycles, and there are these 26,000 year cycles as well. And the Maya calendar is tying into that cycle because they base it on the on the equinox um uh, the, the the tilt uh, of the planet on its axis, uh, the precession, precession of the equinox is what it's called. And that it takes for one of those tilts, wobbles to kind of come full tilt takes about 26,000 years. So it's interesting how all these cosmic events kind of play off of each other, which ties into the electric universe and the idea that consciousness doesn't just end with humans' minds, but extends all the way out there into you know, actually uh, to the ends of the of the universe itself. Now, the Looking Glass Guardians, they were talking about um, that, that that event wasn't going to happen in 2012, but that uh, that Brock Brader, Bill Wood, was a shill. In fact, I corresponded with them for a while, and they acknowledged that to me, um, and that he was just there to keep, uh, like, his an injection insertion, which the Cabal does, is they drop people into the disclosure community who are agents that just give you, you know, chunks of the truth, like 80% of the truth, maybe, but they hold back key elements of the truth, and they bring in 20% falsehood, and that throws it all off track. So there's enough truth in there to lure a lot of smart people into following some of these conspiratorial um, concepts, but it never delivers the ultimate truth of anything, really, it just keeps you distracted. Because that's kind of one of the key games, keeping us distracted. And well, first of all, right. anybody, anybody who comes to deliver the ultimate truth, I mean, that's the red flag anyway, because no, I don't care who you think you are, even even the elites, like even they don't know because, you know, they're everyone's still controlled There's somebody above them and then there's source, you know, so and it doesn't matter how much power you think you have or whatever, whoever you think you are. At the end of the day, nobody really knows what what they're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly it. it. We, and we've all and, got pieces of the puzzle. Right. But it's up to us to put those together. And to right. if anyone that comes out claiming they have all the answers, only listen to them, and they put themselves on this big pedestal. That's those are all big red flags. Which yeah, we absolutely see see those right and the whole disclosure field is filled up with people like that that brought us this you know impending truth and like i don't know how many times you know i don't have to mention names here but i think we all know they're called they brought out oh this is the truth and oh i have a whistleblower and this is coming and it's like bs man nobody has the truth the best we can do and this is what i'm trying to do like i didn't really you know i didn't really follow any conspiratory material um prior to let's say 2009 or 2006 or something like that. I mean, I was interested in UFOs when I was a teenager 
or a young boy. But I realized, you know, hey, if they're real, we'll figure it out pretty soon because they won't be able to hide forever. But I never really paid attention to it. And when I got back into this subject matter, it was because of the Packing for Mars film. It was I was drawn back into it because I had been given a book called Alternative Three mm-hmm. by a very, uh, you know, highly respected, high, a very smart man. Uh, who was in a, in a very in a phase of my life where I was exploring um, nutrition and things like that, you know, and, and healing through foods and stuff. He was he was you know a very pivotal person in an area of uh, uh, that I used to grow that I grew up in, and so I connected with him, and he handed me this book and said, "This is a this is a true story masked as fiction," and I never thought I was going to make a film about it back then. But about ten or so years later, fifteen years I think later, before I finally did make a film, it was because I heard people in that UFO scene disclosure scene, which I all of a sudden paid attention to. It was like, oh, okay disclosure what's this let me check it out and then what i was familiar from disclosure uh, about disclosure through um a video i had seen bill ryan and carrie cassidy did a conference in barcelona in 2006 which they were bringing a lot of information and whistleblowers forward and they kept referencing an event they'd been to at the washington press club in 2001 which is started by stephen greer which was kind of like the you know the set-off version of the disclosure field you could say in our recent times uh and that so that be, that became for me interesting because like okay well i got this book and here is here are these two people talking about mars and the guy who gave me this book was no dummy so maybe there's something to this story so i got sucked into it that way but i'm always very skeptical so oh, i leave it open you know even though packing from mars goes down the rabbit hole it still never tells you this is the definitive truth right it just tells you hey look what i found look what we found out there this is listen to these people this is their story, right? right? You and and we just try to piece it together, and that's kind of like I've become kind of more of a consciousness archaeologist, as I like to call myself now, because I'm looking at this, this stuff in relationship to consciousness, and a lot of this disclosure material ends up tying into consciousness, the subject of consciousness itself, because even UFOs have something to do with human consciousness. Everything. So I always try to approach it from a very you know, um, standoffish, but interested, let's see what's out there. And let's find pieces of the puzzle that are out there, which maybe other people never knew about to see if they can help substantiate because you don't have anything to go on for these whistleblowers, except maybe their story that they told, you know, having escaped the program with nothing but the shirt on their backs for the most part, right? So you have to try and piece their story together by finding corroborative evidence Mm -hmm. And try to subject it to the scrutiny of scientific approach of like it, you know, if, if it's a theory you have, you should be able to prove it from several angles, and not just have one person's story. It should it should be backable by yeah. other things. And that's been my approach ever since. And that's the approach Tony Minford and I take when we make our films. And that's the approach I took with the Tale of Two Timelines webinar, as well as this looking glass story, which now is the newest one is the inner looking glass. Well, um alternative three is interesting because uh, allegedly the people wasn't it originally a, a documentary that came out and in, in the early days and then the the filmmakers came out and said they made it all up and it was it's not real and there's like i i have a book that breaks down the entire rabbit the, the entire conspiracy it it gives you both sides of the story and at the end of the day ultimately it seems like it's there's it's true um, no matter how much they want to try to debunk it, um, 
you know, that's just their game. Obviously they have to tell you what they're doing, but they, there's nothing that says they don't have to debunk it. And they do, they, they debunk everything. Um, that's what Google's for, you know, and that's what these search algorithms are for the, to right. basically yeah. cover all their stories. But, um, I don't know if you've listened to Daryl James testimony at all. He's a SSP guy. He talks a lot about the looking glass, as well and quite a bit about it actually yeah i've seen him come up lately and i've been meaning to to get in touch with him i think we did a i'm think it's the same guy but I, there was someone i corresponded with recently before i went to sedona last april and i was just too busy to to do anything about it but um yeah there's all these stories coming up now about the looking glass well, but i'm not you know i'm not convinced but you know i'm i'm, I'm willing to look at it well he but, mentioned that uh they refined the technology he said they would they would literally install in the airplanes and they would open up the bomb doors and fly over areas. And it would be like looking through a different lens and you could see into the future over certain areas. And he said they, they would do this all over the planet and like, and whoever they are, the cabal, the elites, these dark groups, they know exactly what's going to happen in certain, uh, they said, even when they changed and tried to manipulate certain events, ultimately there's like one ultimate version, like everything converges still and it's just interesting to hear. I've never heard anyone else talk about them actually doing something of that nature. And uh, I mean, he's not making this up. This is exactly like he, he maybe it's not true, but that's what he remembers. That's what, you know, he was shown. So uh, right to consider everything. Well, yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of MK Ultra? Oh, well, duh. Of that's have you oh, ever yeah. heard of journey to truth podcast <laughs> we always <laughs> cover that well you know the thing is once you realize that there's something called mk ultra you realize that part of the game that the elites play is that if you want to beat the opposition be the opposition and now that also right. means if you want to if you want to keep people off the trail of truth then put people into the disclosure field who are your people and and if they can and they can they have such advanced techniques for mind control now that I'm sure people can show up on the scene claim to have memories of their involvement in secret space programs but um that doesn't make it true you know it just could be a fairy tale you know for the most part so and one of the things that I mean the things that I always catch them on is 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 kind of related to something totally different and that has to do with real history so and I've noticed that a lot of the I catch a lot of the uh whistleblowers who are telling you know some fabricated crazy story about some project on their depiction of history pertaining to the Second World War because they always fall into the same trap of repeating the same um mind control narrative that was leashed upon unleashed upon the planet at the Second World War in fact it goes back to the First World War but it but it really culminated at the conclusion of the Second World War. So why and it led you, to the story? Yeah. Why do you why do you choose to believe that that's a mind control narrative and not corroboration? Because, because I you, know um, because I'm living over in Germany and I know people that were alive during the Second World War and that had that were that witnessed what had happened and so and and they've passed me a lot of documents that are real they're not authentic you know fake they're real documents and they have real pictures and they have real stories and and what they're talking about that took place in the second world war is another version of the events and now you know through the work of diligent revisionist researchers as far as far as history goes we're now able to determine that you know the breakout of the war is completely fi fabricated 
the the powers that were pulling the strings um, at that point in time are the same that are still in control now, but they just ended up using um, a particular scapegoat, a country, in this case it was Germany, to push a narrative on the population to further clamp down on the levels of control and censorship well, that we are now living in the middle of. What narrative are you talking about that everyone's referring to? I'm well, I mean, most of the narrative ties around the idea that the Germans wanted world domination and that their goal was to take over the entire planet. And they were developing technology in conjunction with ETs that were negative ETs. And that eventually they were the ones that formed the secret space program and they were the ones that you know took over the planet and um you know and basically um they that was the whole reason for the start of the second world war right that's the right. narrative and, and that's a completely fictitious narrative and it's now been clearly stated that it's fictitious clearly debunked well, but a lot of people that are invested in that story they will not let go of that narrative so they continually so you don't you don't believe in william tompkins testimony at all no, not anymore. I think William Thompson was a shill. Absolutely. And unfortunately, he's not alive to tell about it. But I met him in person briefly about a month before he died. And I began a correspondence with him. And I was looking to get into the stories because I was over here and I was I pretty much accepted that story, too. But then I began doing um, um, a lot of live presentations over in Germany in, in, the, in the German language. And I began to be approached by people that knew a lot more than I knew. And they woke me up very quickly to what is the truth about well, what's how going do you, on. How That's do you information know? that a lot of American people don't have access to. So, And they don't speak German. So that's the advantage that I have. And that's what's gained me a certain perspective over history that others don't have that are in the secret well, you space. Just said, you just said the key word, perspective. Just because people approach you, how do you know those people weren't plants? Well, because they're because of the documentation mainly it has to do with the documentation. So how far back does this do these documents go? Like, is there's actually a paper trail for covert black programs? I thought there was no paper trail for that. Well, what are you talking about? Like, paper trail? Like, there will be no paper trail for a covert UFO like, Nazi. I think what we're trying to say program. is there's, there's a lot of compartmentalization. Well, okay, the thing is, yeah, there's compartmentalization and thing, but the thing is there were people that were actively involved that were officers in Germany at the time that were very, very high level. And I personally know um, people that, uh, someone who actually filmed interviews with the majority of them and they made, they, they sealed those films and those testimonies until after their death because they were so they were so controversial in terms of they are completely different than the official version of history that's put out there and those are real people that really would know if there really was such an alliance between the Germans and this secret space program evil story i mean it's just it's bunk what about okay? what so about American people invention. what about like what? so i don't if you know daryl james testimony a lot of his testimony took place on earth and there's actual verifiable evidence. It's not like off in the program. Same with Tony Rodriguez. He has Tony Rodriguez phys physical, one. tangible proof that even you yourself can't deny that this stuff is actually happening. And if you if you look at that with an open mind, well, first of all, I'm confused why you would make a documentary on it if you don't believe in it. I never said I didn't believe in it. I just said I'm trying to find the truth. Okay. And if you're on the search for the truth, Tyler, you have to be prepared to even change your story when you find out better information. 
And that means you have to clear up yeah, the record. I agree. No, I agree 100%. Um, so there's yeah, a lot of people out there that are following the same story year after year, and they're still carrying the false narrative forward because they've released so much information that if they were to come clean now, they would basically have to admit that everything they put out there before as the truth was wrong, right? So, so it's right. not I mean, going to happen. I'm willing Can I to jump in I'm, real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You got to be able to question everything. And if, 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 this, if, and if the stories that are brought out about looking glass and these planes and stuff are true and there's document, hey, listen, I know Tony Rodriguez. In fact, you know, we have planned to do some work together. Absolutely. Because we spent some time together in Sedona and I'm very interested in his story and I want to follow it because I'm looking for the truth. And I, if there's really, this is true documentary evidence which you can support then absolutely, I'm totally open to it. I'm just not open to stories that are absolute fabrications, and especially when it comes to people that are saying they know the history of the galaxy and they're some ambassador of such and right. such, and, and they don't even have the history of the Earth correct, right? So I, I'm sorry, anything that they say is just not true, because if they haven't got the story of the Earth down, then they sure as hell haven't got the story of the galaxy down. Or they've been used and you know controlled by some MK Ultra program to put another whitewash into the, you know, because what happens is you get all these people out there that are in the scene that are, oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. But you know what's really important right now, Tyler? We have an emergency going on on the planet with technology that has been inserted into billions of people. Yeah. Mind altering, gene altering material, which is changing and accelerating something called a timeline toward transhumanism. And yeah. Nobody's talking about it except for a few people and all the other people that are in the scene and in the UFOs. None of them are talking about this hardcore stuff because it usually right. it means that they'd have to actually drop their narrative and we'd have to maybe take a look at what this what is really going on. I mean, there are people that are photographing live tissue samples of human blood that are injected with um, you know technologies, micro right. nanotechnologies with robots that are building things. Okay. Right. 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 Things. No, I, what are they all, building? I think that is, I agree with you hundred percent. Like this, that is, this is the issue. This is what we see. Um, I think most of the information, a lot of the information coming from like these galactic ambassadors and that type of stuff. I do think it is misinformation. I do think it's a distraction. I understand it's an information war. Uh, I agree with you. Not every SSP person that comes forward, like it, they're, they're not everyone is tapping into true memories. There are some people who I do believe have legitimate memories of real time in the military and things that happened to them. And there's there's evidence for that, as we're finding out. Um, I think uh, it's impossible and to there, know. And real like quick, said, there are absolutely SSP people that have some one we had on the show, actually, who have said many things that we are like, wow, they are, you know, there's clearly like either they're complete chill and and they know it or they're being manipulated by people so they they were in the programs but they're it's all very compartmentalized they're being told all these yeah, lies absolutely and they, they think those lies are the truth and they're going yeah. around saying all these lies that they right. think because that's all they've been told and their ego wants to be like yeah. oh well i would know because i was in this program and 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 down that like one of them said literally they think the mainstream media is telling us the truth <laughs> mainly and yeah. Like their their oh view my of the God, whole Russian really? Ukraine okay. thing was the mainstream media's <laughs> narrative, complete lies. And we're just like, how does this person? And they're yeah. like, they're being told yeah. all these lies, and they're just believing them. So there's also there's absolutely that going on. 
Yeah, I know. And the thing is, I think that any whistleblower like Tony Rodriguez, as by as an example, and this was my position to him, I said, look, you know, some of your story just doesn't check out with what I know to be true. So why don't we try to figure out what part of it is true and what part of it may be a manipulation? And to his credit, he's totally into it. So yeah. that's what we want to do. And I think all whistleblowers should do the same thing. They should get together and say, well, some of my story may be absolutely bunk. Because I noticed that basically one thing I found was interesting is that well, if they were all part of this one particular program, none of them had any crossover. You know, there was this like there wasn't any personalities that were standing forward, like, you know, that, well, that were true. recognizable leaders that everybody adhered to. That's not true. There's a lot of that, actually. Um, it, well, first of all, you, you know, you say to anybody that comes in and says they know the truth is a red flag, and you're doing exactly that. Somehow you've achieved documents that gave you the ultimate truth, and you know that William Tompkins and other people well, are shills. Like, how how does that make, what sets your information apart from everyone else's? Well, because I, like I say, Tyler, like I actually want to back it up with something real, like some documents and multiple, if possible, multiple sources. So have you shown these documents to anyone else? Look, I've done a couple of uh, presentations of some of this material, but it's extremely sensitive, especially in Germany, because if you um, try to revise the version of events that took place starting in the 19, really starting with the First World War, um, they've made it even, you know, punishable by uh, as a criminal offense. Okay, so I'm taking a great risk when I go out there with some of this information, but whenever I have done it in, a, in several occasions, I have received a lot of, you know, very, very powerful feedback and more information, which further substantiates what I'm talking about from new perspectives and new angles. And that's just that one personal pet peeve I have respect, you know, having been of German descent, having returned to Germany and learned the language and learned how to read and write and speak and communicate with people. I wanted to go after certain of that narrative to see if it was if it because it didn't feel right to me. And I was able to find a lot of information to support it. So and then, you know, because I was interested in the UFO scene and the disclosure scene, I began to notice that there was a lot of narrative in that disclosure scene, which didn't add up to which things things that I definitely know are verifiable, true facts like it, these are facts. These aren't just someone's story. These are corroborated by multiple people. They're in tech. They're in books that were banned, that were that have turned up and have been, you know, uh, basically have survived, you know, being banned or ba ba burned, whatever. So that's the kind of information which I put priority to. It doesn't mean I count out any of the information of people that are uh, whistleblowers inside of secret space programs. It's just that I know there's such a thing as MK Ultra, and you know, once uh, I started listening to the MK Ultra story of a lot of people that were in that program. Um, I realized, okay, but there's room here for them to have been programmed with false narratives. Mm -hmm. And one of those narratives, the only one I can really say that I know a little bit about is this version of history that took place over in Germany, because Germany is kind of a pivotal country with respect to the future and with respect to all of history, really. Germany kind of had a pivotal role, and that interested me. So I've been trying to mine as much truth about the real German story as possible. And that's not something a lot of people in America are doing, especially in exposure field, because A, they don't speak German, B, they don't read and write it, and they don't have the contacts. And so when I see them come out, with, when they're popular disclosure people, and they're coming out with narratives about history that are, I know, completely false and provable, then I take a step back and I go, okay, well, how much of the story is still true then? 
And how much can I trust this person? And is this person willing to go into the idea that maybe not all the information that they've been putting out there is 100% true because it may have been implanted into their memories and it's a false memory. And, and those that come forward and want to explore that, I'm interested in that because I'm interested in psychology and I really want to get on the positive timeline. And I want to debunk all the falsehood because the falsehood is what keeps us on the wrong timeline. We invest through our body's resonance, through our mental frequencies and our ideas and our belief systems. We invest unconsciously or consciously in the timeline. That's how timelines are created. And that's how consensus timelines are formed. When the majority of people believe a certain narrative, they begin to go into resonance with it and they anchor it. Well, and how do you know? Anchoring... Well, then let me ask you this. How do you know that? all that information that you from the Germany isn't from another timeline because that is the SSP narrative that it happened on another timeline. And yeah, I know. And you yeah, understand yeah, there's something timeline. called, um, there's something called your gut feeling and in, in your heart, you know, and in, in your pineal gland, you know, which opens you to higher perception. When you know the truth, you feel it and yeah, but, you see it. Right. But what I'm saying is like, you can know the other timelines, but you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, what about then where do you want to stop? Then you want to say that there is never a time, a consensus timeline that every is, timeline really, is a manipulation. All, all I'm saying is I really want to see the documents that have, that prove to you uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt well, that, that this other mountain of evidence is all is all fake. I want to see the documents that you have. You can't just come out and say that. Without well, I put them into something. my talks. Uh, if you've ever been to any okay. of my presentations, I'll, I was no, at I Conscious will. Life Expo in front of so about 100 people. Me, can you give me an example of one of these documents that debunks an entire William Tompkins testimony? Well, there's absolutely no evidence that the Germans ever, there's not, not one document ever, okay? There isn't a document that puts Nazis together with evil reptilians or you know um yeah the, these so-called i mean yeah there's not going to be a document for a black, sure there is going to be something you know how many documents there are to debunk a lot of other scandal scandalous controversial aspects of the second world war which i can't even mention they're so controversial that are out there they are out there man you should be able to find them and they if they're not well, if they're nowhere at all tyler then what you're stuck with someone's testimony and nothing else but that that's okay, okay. It's all right. It's a good so starting I, point. I will, but there are no evidence. Like Tompkins had like no evidence off. whatsoever. Even Richard Dolan had to call him on that. Right. Can I can I jump in real quick? I just I feel like we're getting a little off the rails here. <laughs> no worries. You know, this is good. This, this is, is healthy. I'm glad we're no, this is healthy. I'm absolutely no, I'm absolutely I, no, it is, but I enjoy it, it is. It's great. But uh I don't want to keep like going in circles. Um, I have a big question on because you said uh so what what the whole like the Germans were developing this anti-gravity craft and the you know the Vril that channeled all this technology and the so what 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 were they doing with it? What's your in your view, what was their their goals with all that technology and what what was the real goals of the war if it wasn't for domination? Uh and what were they doing with all that technology and like where did that go in your in your opinion? I'm just curious, like. Well, no, that's something that would take us a long time to talk about. I mean, if I were to give you the nutshell um, of that, it would be the main reasons that they developed that technology was because they were they were embargoed out of gasoline in the First World War. They ran out of gas. Okay, they ran out of energy, and being a country that is more or less landlocked or easily landlocked by all other warring parties, 
they had to find an alternative source of energy. And so the Germans, being the Germanics, being the very innovative, creative uh, being, soul, collective soul that they are, they were willing to try anything. They threw anything at the wall that would stick, they would explore it. So there were multiple different areas of technology that were being developed. A lot of it was centering around spin and around the, about, around magnetics. And they started with the spin, uh, like for example, Schell, Richter Schauberger found out that when water spins at a certain way um, and, and uh, there's a counter spin that takes place, it's called a standing wave. Okay, he was one of the first people to kind of explore standing wave technology. Standing wave technology opens you up to gravity free it, it, it you get outside of gravity with the, the use of standing waves there's a lot of information about standing waves that's only now coming out in fact if you look at the wave structured form of matter you'd realize that everything's based on standing waves okay so the germans discovered standing wave technology in the 20s it isn't that hard you know it's just that if you try a lot of different things out you're going to find it nobody else was doing this Yes, there was an esoteric aspect of it. There was a group of Vrillerinnen, uh, German women, that were channeling information through, that received information from Aldebaran about technology which was apparently developed. But even here, the documents are very, very scanty. Um, you can definitely trace something called the Tullegesellschaft, which is what they were involved in. Um, that exists, and you can find documentation to support it, and you can find that who the members were. Um, but it was still a, a very, you know, search-oriented group that was looking for something which they were thinking of was with the roots of um, the Aryan race, for lack of a better word. You know, that there were the white-skinned people that had appeared on the planet and that they essentially brought a lot of technology to the rest of the world. So they were interested in who their roots were, where did they really come from. So a lot of their search in these areas was based around that idea. And they were very progressive minded. You know, the government was very, and Adolf Hitler was interested and he had thousands of books. He was one of the best read living diplomats of his day. And people all around the world respected the guy. In fact, until 1937, he was one of the most popular politicians around the world. It was only then when the idea that Germany said to itself, hey, you know, we're inundated with foreigners, we're inundated with policies and ideologies which are crushing our culture and our people, we're going to stop that and we're going to we're going to try to reground the family give people the family power back um and you know and essentially establish a certain nationhood and try to ex you know express that nationhood to other countries and, and trade with them and they were successful at that in fact they had no money they were destroyed after the treaty of versailles they had massive debts the country was going rapidly down the tubes um, and uh, along comes this group of people and had this concept and they said, we're going to do this, give us four years to do it. And they did it and they proved it. It was working. And that was a threat to the global banking cartel. The global banking cartel are the ones that were behind the first world war uh, that pushed Germany into the war. It was never Germany that wanted the war. There were many peace efforts, all, you know, and the, the Kaiser didn't want to go into the war. They were pushed into war. This is clear, but that narrative didn't survive into the official history books. And that went into the Treaty of Versailles, which was a continuation, which was essentially a 30-year uh, you know, ceasefire until they knew they were going to push the country into the brink of war again. It was either that or Germany was going to go on to forever. So Germany fought for its life, got back on its ground, set up its own currency, began a global bartering system with, with dozens of countries, 
that was extremely successful. It was catching on globally. And what did the global bankers say? Oh my God, we have major competition. We're cut out of the pie. We can't let this happen. And so that was, you know, that led to basically the crushing of Germany, the second round. And, you know, the, the good war that was fight, fought to end, you know, this evil regime that wanted global power and is, was taken over by those who really wanted global power and have it to this very day. That's the very short nutshell story of what happened in the Second World War. And everything else is just a bunch of fairy tales. You know, all the war movies, the Hollywood hero movies and the evil German movies. It's just propaganda to reaffirm the fact that we are not to look there. We are not to look at maybe one of the last attempts of a modern civilization to rise up against the evil of global banking, of interest banking, of enslaving people uh, and, and actually beat them at their game for quite a while. So, yeah, that's kind of what really happened. Gotcha. Um, so. Shifting back to the looking glass, if you don't mind, uh, material and the timeline material. What? Uh, so in the last video I watched on Inspired, you were talking about like um, the future timelines, basically, and and how that's been. It's kind of like we've kind of shifted essentially. And you said there were like three different years that were big, like shift points, like 2012, I think 2016, and 2022. Correct. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit more about uh, what all of that? The um, the Looking Glass Guardians were talking about the information that they had, which was showing that in three years that there was going to be, they saw that in those three particular years, some information was going to emerge, which would begin to topple um, the, you know, the, the global dominance of those that are controlling the timelines. And that year, like you mentioned already, 2012, there was 2016 and 2022. And they didn't see anything emerging of significance in 2012 or 2016. Now, a lot of people jumped on me and said, well, Trump and all this stuff, right? Maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, but there's always something going on. There's always some politician fighting some fight. But it, what did it really change, right? And, and if you look at, in retrospect, when the pendulum swung back the other way, how are you doing in America right now <laughs> you know, after Trump, right? right. So if COVID came and wiped you guys out, it's sorry, you know, but now at the 2022 year for them, they said, okay, it's the last year. We didn't see anything come. So we're going to come forward and we're going to drop these videos and we're going to try to get people to spread them virally to talk about these coming events. And so I thought that had merit because I, f I figured, you know, what can you, how can you go wrong if you take this story and you and you and you put it out there and you talk to people about it and you say, what do you think of this? Do you think there could be something to this? Because we were seeing they were talking about this blame game war between Putin and the United States. Well, I mean, we're right in the middle of that blame game right now. It was the early days of the Ukrainian conflict, and it has escalated to the point where it has right now. And it's still a blame game. And we're still living under the shadow of a potential nuclear attack a false flag operation of some kind that would send it into absolute chaos i don't personally believe that's going to happen um you know but there's a lot a lot to indicate that the potential for it is better now than it ever has been in fact just recently again there was another event of these you know people inside of putin's army that came forward this rebel group and stuff and then they were they were gearing up for an attack on the Ukraine on this power station, you know, and it was going to be an atomic attack, and it was going to start everything. Well, it never happened. But what does it do, right? What does it do when we hear those stories? It puts us into absolute fear, and when we're in fear, 
Our frequency is not one of evolution of consciousness. It's fight or flight. And the mm -hmm. only way to get to the timeline that we need to be on, this organic, natural, holistic timeline that will and that will usher in an era of human functionality and accessing our talents and our abilities or dormant abilities is when we are calm and when we are prosperous and when we are happy and we're not fighting each other all over the war and it's true that you know the the frequencies that are specific to our consciousness happen to be the same frequencies that resonate with our pineal gland which is why I did this webinar called The Inner Looking Glass, because it's all about that pineal gland story and what that frequency has to do with the pineal gland and opening us up to higher levels of information. And as long as we're being cast around by those who are pushing that narrative of the evil Germans in the case of the Second World War, or uh, now it's the, you know, or the COVID thing, right? That, I mean, what better of an enemy for you to have out there than an invisible microscopic one that you know you can't even prove exists but hey people believe it i think there's a virus hiding behind the tree over there and if you walk right. by and he jumps on you you're going to get hit and you're going to go down perfect mm -hmm. fear porn pure man it's like the media and just tells everyone there's a scary thing and everyone be afraid tell them there's a scary thing meanwhile they still got their war if that didn't work they've got their ukraine potential war going on and, you know, we're feeling it more than you guys. You guys have a buffer of the Atlantic Ocean. When we got hit, I'm I'm a day's drive from the from the front, yeah, man. Right <laughs> I could get right there, right? So yeah. when a bomb goes, you know, when that kind of stuff happens, we're going to be moving. We're going to be hit. You know, we're going to be feeling it more than you guys. But I still don't believe they're going to go through with it. I just think they love this game of fear paranoia because they've proven to themselves and the COVID thing, you know, it's obvious in retrospect, again, with documentation, that it was planned for many years beforehand. And you can trace mm -hmm. the people, places, the organizations, that you can get the like names on it, years. and you can show it. I mean, that right. is like, there was evidence of that. Of no whistleblower saw that coming, Tyler, not one. Nobody saw COVID coming. Nobody said, guys, they're going to be coming out with this thing. It's in the year 2022. It's going to be called COVID, and it's going to be a sham. Nobody saw it. Maybe there was a psychic that talked about it on Kerry Cassidy a year earlier, but that was about it. Nobody right. else saw it coming, right? Why not? I agree. It's They're just real. like 9-11. Like, it was in retrospect that we saw all the signs that we all yeah. missed somehow. Exactly. Like, we saw, like, or how did we miss that? I, I agree. Um, right. Movies and TV shows and they, they're like they keep in fear out, all the shows are you know the movies that amazing all those shows that came out right those those all of a sudden there was these series all about viruses and stuff you know how long it takes to produce one of those man I, right. i'm in production it's i'm right. in production you got to plan that stuff you got to write wow. screenplays you got to get financing for it it doesn't happen overnight so this is in planning this is the idea of sculpting and even kissinger said it you know to certain um people that i've been talking to that I had meetings that were talking about how they need to plan society. They need keeping society believing in a certain structure. They need them to believe in the Bible or the whatever, you know, we got to be careful right. here. Um, right. But if they keep us locked into a narrative, we never tap into the fact that we ourselves are creator beings. We are the ones right. that are, we've been waiting for. There's no white hats coming. We're the white hats. We're, we right. are the yeah. white hats. I've been we are that. the white hats. Yeah. What we do when we have these kinds of shows is we we throw this stuff out there and we go at it because we want the truth and we want to call out the names and the places and we want to get our hands on something and not have somebody tell us it's coming tomorrow or no, it's coming next weekend or it's coming the next month and they're going to be bringing in Nazara and they're going to be bringing, no, sorry, it's like, it's a, it's a game 
And if you know, and not only that, but what what harm is there? And all of us taking our power and saying, yeah, okay, maybe there are white hats out there. But why don't we participate? Let's join them because maybe they need our help. And I'm sure it'll do better if all of us collectively begin to take the matter into our own hands. So this was the idea of me going out there talking all year because I'm trying to rattle people to realize what it really is going on with all these programs that this vax program is something very very devious and diabolical and it's not being discussed to the level it needs to be discussed well really honestly i'm not seeing it you know and well for one you get silenced and removed and taken off the internet if you really get into the nitty-gritty um yeah you're doing that dance right exactly so so people it does really scare people in this submission like they don't actually want to lose their channel that they've spent, you know, four and a half years building or whatever the case is. And they, and you know, their livelihood, some people make money and rely on that stuff. So it, it works. It's effective, unfortunately, but we find platforms to discuss it. Um, it is one of the biggest issues right now. People are virtually literally dropping dead um, it, before our eyes in, in yeah. public on camera, on stage, it, on the sidewalk. It doesn't matter where, um, and if they can keep us arguing about, you know, like, or keep us distracted with this modern UFO disclosure, these hearings and all this stuff. Yeah, like, it's great. We're getting somewhere like now our children are going to be born into a world where we're not alone, which changes everything. But also, it's like, look here, not there, sleight of hand type of stuff, I believe. Um, and it gets and everybody try hard- to pull the fake alien invasion, Project Bluebeam, if they're yeah. I'm sure they still want to do that, you know, and whether they're going to be able to, but they're still every... they're still pushing the fear of like, you know, because the last thing they want is for us to connect with these other beings ourselves, right. which we can we can all do at any time. Nothing's stopping us, you know. It's just, yeah. but most people, you you need to one realize there are others other than just us in this whole universe. Two, realize that you can connect with them, and that. But the biggest thing is what you already hit on, which is so huge. And I'm, I'm always saying this is that we have all the power here. Like we, we are the ones we've been waiting for. We are the creators of, of the timeline of reality of what we're experiencing. It's cause it's all an experience we're having. We're eternal, infinite consciousness, having an experience temporarily. And right. we're going to keep having other experiences, but on this planet, we're having this experience and we're the ones creating it. The, the, the puppeteers behind the curtain know that. So what do they do? They put out what they want us to create, put out the emotions they want us to feel like fear and, you know, all this other stuff, keep us at a low vibration so they can constantly manipulate us and pull pull the strings. Well, the second we wake up and realize, wait a second, we're being manipulated to create a reality we don't want. That's not for our best interest. And that keeps us suffering, keeps us in lack and fear. The second we realize we have all the power to game over and that's that's what they're terrified of and that's why they're doing i mean you every, can be sure that they're everything. terrified right how many of us are there compared to them <laughs> right i'd be terrified right, right? i mean yeah well, that, so, that, absolutely well, that's why There's a lot invested that's why their right. foot's on the gas so hard right now because they they're throwing out everything they, they can, understand right? what happens if they lose if they lose grip um and you know going back to right. the the concept of the white hats, you know, you said we're all white hats, which I agree, like we are the white hats, but um, just like, I I do believe there are versions of us within the military and within these agencies also, like there's good people in these organizations as well that want to see, that want to see a change like we do and that, that are trying to expose this stuff as well. So I do believe that there probably is an effort from the inside out as well, taking place. I don't think that's a complete misnomer. 
Well, you might be right, but the thing is, there'd be yeah, there's going to be proportionately always people that are kind of questioning things within every structure or in every organization, including the military. The question is, who's pulling the strings? And if, if anybody that I've ever um, had respect of that was in the military became a whistleblower because they became privy to information about the military and they began opening their mouths about it. And what happened to them? They were quickly, dishonorably discharged. And, you know, so why would this be any different for any other white, you know, white hat whistleblowers within the military? They'd be they'd be ushered out very quickly if they really did come out with something truthful. So if these are sleepers, you're talking about people that are aware of what's going on in the military, they're going to also need us to make it safe for them to come forward. Right, you know, right. it's just like there's so many people that have there's doctors and and, and technology out there that are going to get us through all these problems that we have right now in the world but if it's not safe for them to come forward with that technology or those doctors to come forward those respected judges or whoever it is whatever form they take you know people that are, that we would uh, take seriously if it's not safe for them to come forward if we don't make the ground safe for them they're not going to be able to come forward they might say one word like if it's a president and he's using twitter or x as it's called now he might have one maybe two tweets to tell the truth before they a sudden assassin's bullet hits them in the head from nowhere uh and then all of a sudden the news talks about a plot and then you spend months on that you know whole thing it's just they take us off they control that narrative. they want to control so we have to make it we have to wake up and say the buck stops here. We're not going to let that person be arrested and taken away. No, that's not going to happen. And we're going to make a big stink about it until they release them or until the truth comes out. And that has to have. That's the real revolution. That's not the revolution that comes along when there's a news story or a film that talks about something for a month or two, and then it kind of goes away again, and everyone goes back to their normal lives. No, the kind of revolution I'm talking about, this revolution and awakening of consciousness, this isn't going. It's only going to grow and become more irritating. It's like that mosquito in your tent, man. You're trying to get to sleep and you can't get that thing off. Every No matter what you do, that mosquito's there and you can't sleep. We have to be those mosquitoes. We have to be the people that are relentlessly waves on that shore, you know, trying to get the truth out and trying to say, we're not going to stand for the censorship anymore. Right. You know, we're not, not going to stand for defunding the right. police. You know, we don't want right. the, the police to be defunded. The police are good people. They're not all bad people because some Black Lives Matter propaganda came out and said that they were evil. I mean, we're not going to stand for it, you know, and we get behind those organizations and we get together because they're just us, an extension of us. We have to just pull together. Right. That's the only way, the posse of humanity, right? And that's what it's going to be required. This is the revolution of the posse of humanity. We can't wait for one or two whistleblowers to give us a tidbit and then nothing happens. How many crimes against humanity have happened in the last two years and still the same people seem to be at the at the heads of corporations directly involved. <laughs> How come they aren't right. being hunted down on the planet and eliminated like some cancer, right? No, they're still out there flying their jets, meeting with their friends, eating caviar dinners at big conferences, being televised on the on the news channels, on the mainstream. They're living the high life, right? They're supposedly running around with rubber masks. I'm sorry, man. That narrative is another one of these that hey, let's 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 invent an even crazier story and see if they buy that too, right? But you know, well, I'm in. Well, I've worked. Day, right. It doesn't matter if it's actually you know because things are still happening. It's like so if it's a different right. person. Things, their agenda is chunging along, man. It's trucking. They're still along, going along. Right? People are still buying Here it. Here comes the right. global immunization pass, right? Here comes the World Health Organization with its new agenda to take total control of a country's policies during a declared pandemic, which, oh, by the way, they can declare. 
along it comes and no one's right. really stopping it, right? It's another news story that came and went in the 24 hours or 36 hours cycle. So, That's so, it always comes, so it always comes back to people need to wake up. <laughs> like we yep. need to we wake need up from the slumber, realize yep. what's going on, realize there's way more going on than what we're being told. And what we're being told is almost all lies, if not completely all lies, uh, from the mainstream, at least in the mainstream media and our governments. Uh, well, alternative media too. I mean, you guys are on the, a lot on of the, the fringes, media right? Well. But they, there's mainstream alternative as well, which is, you know, oh, and yeah. the Looking Glass Guardians brought out information that rocked a lot of boats because they brought out names of people in the alternative media scene, which are part of a new financial system, which they're trying to bring in, CSRQ, which is the central... Uh, currency digital banking that's what they're trying to move us toward and that they are they're doing it step by step every year more countries get on board in germany the ecb right they're making announcements that they're aggressively pushing toward what they're calling digital cash if you could believe it i mean people believe this shit right digital you, cash right you said you've right. met with or corresponded with the guardians the people who Claim to be the guardians of the looking glass, correct? At the very early days of the beginning, I corresponded with them and eventually that that broke off. So I haven't been since, of course. Uh, and then another group came along um, that are called We Are Sovereign. And they brought out some interesting information. And uh, we tried to get them on um, on an inspired show. Uh, but they didn't they didn't do that because we felt, look, you know, part of the way to get this stuff out there is to just data dump it into the public. And then they can't go back on it, you know, then it's out there, the, you know, the cat's out of the bag, you know, so, and, but that wasn't possible. So I even took a stand back there. I'm watching and I'm observing and I'm checking out the information. A lot of the information that they're putting out in their Intel drops is very accurate, very interesting, corresponds with, you know, what I've been finding. Um, but I'm always a little bit reluctant because of certain things. And I think it's healthy to be that way. And I think everybody should be, welcoming of any skeptical perspective just like you were skeptical of what i'm saying you know and i shouldn't be afraid of being able to talk about that right and i do right. talk about that i've made i've made public presentations where i do uh dish out some of that controversial information and you can ask people i was in los angeles in in january and i dropped some heavy information bombs out there that you know and i brought the evidence and i showed them you know and people and people loved it but there were some people that didn't want to see it you know, they were they, it, 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 it's, it provokes, it's cognitive dissonance, it's called, right? When it doesn't fit your world picture and you have to live in that uncomfortable truth. Many people would still believe in the lie because it's easier and many other people believe the lie. So we can all carefully go along with the lie, but that does not make the lie a truth. Right. right. And it's up well, to each of us to figure out, to stay, stay open-minded, but have a healthy skepticism and to yes. always be questioning everything, including your own, what you currently believe. Absolutely. Because no one's, no one has all the answers. You know, we could, I could be believing a bunch of things right now that could be wrong, but I'm open to that possibility. If I come across information that if I'm like, oh, wow, this is, that's actually not true. This is actually seems to be tr the truth or, you know, I'm open to that. I just want the truth. I don't want my beliefs to right. be true. But this is most yeah. people planet. They want their current beliefs to be the truth. And then they have the confirmation bias and the cognitive dissonance and all that, that like, they're, they have that that filter and everything has to pass through that. Well, it's like, well, what if your filter's wrong? It's like, you got you to gotta question that first before everything yeah. else is going to be distorted. Exactly. And that's where the pineal gland uh, is so true. powerful and so important. Oh, that's, that's why debunked, the by the way. Hmm? Did you hear that there's a new th conspiracy theory I saw on Instagram that there is no pineal gland? And 
and uh, oh, really? fluoride does not fluoride's not doing anything. There is no pineal gland. It's all psyop. <laughs> that's okay, a new one. Great. That's a good one. That's, that's a good one. No, I have I not heard like, that one. Here really? I am. I just put out a whole webinar based on the right. pineal gland. So I guess I must be the ultimate yeah. shill. Oh, I'm, yeah, I'm telling you. Like, well, it's funny. <laughs> you know, right now, a lot of it's a lot of it's attention. Oh, I don't know why. I think somebody, you know, some a typical scenario is somebody um has a session with somebody and they get information from this person in a session and then they get on they create a social media page and share this truth um and that's it you know and they think oh guys i just had a session there's no pineal gland guess what except that's a biological fact of i know but it's <laughs> like it's, it's funny like, though because like what yeah right everyone well here's a i guess the good thing that's happening is everyone's questioning reality right now like everyone's questioning everything. Mm -hmm. And even though most of the theories are just theories and that there's no grounds to any of them, they're still questioning what we're being told, which is a good thing at the end of the day. Like we, at yeah. least no one's just accepting what we're being told anymore. Right. That's, that's yeah. the most important thing. It's like you being, you know, in your sovereignty, which means you're not just believing things because you're told them. And you're not holding on to beliefs just because you really want to, you have to stay open, you know, stay skeptical, healthily skeptical, but stay open and always be, have your, you know, have your magnetic north pointed to what you want the truth, not just like, I want these things to be true and everything to reinforce this. It's like, you got to be open to that being wrong or slightly off in some way. And, and, right. and at the end of the day, we are the ones creating the reality. And that's, that's. The only truth we really have is for sure is that we are consciousness. We're here. We're experiencing this. We're all here. And what quantum physics and science has shown us is that we are actually participating all in this experience. We're affecting it. We're all affecting it. So, so that alone proves that like what we believe, and this has also been shown scientifically, what we believe affects reality. Absolutely. Affects our own body, affects ourselves and affects our, the reality that we experience. So so what does that say when the media is constantly pushing pushing fear and we're constantly being bombarded with these low vibrational things and keeping us in fear, keeping us thinking all the power is external from us, which is a lie, <laughs> you know, uh, that just shows you that there is there's agendas and narratives and uh, there's people that want us to manifest certain things because they're pushing it constantly, you know, so we got to take our power back, realize, no, that's like okay that's what you're saying okay that's what that's what's going on there i'm going to acknowledge that i'm not escaping the present i'm acknowledging that that's currently what is showing up now i'm going to create you know what what i want you know from my yeah. inner being and that's that's what we're exactly. moving into and that's that's it you know it's just a matter of it, enough of us waking up to that to start steering the collective into a timeline that is uh serves us rather than serves a tiny tiny few of people that are psychopaths essentially right right i mean yeah like you said you have to be willing I'm, like i'm willing to be wrong about the whole world war ii thing i completely disagree with you about your theory on that um well hey we can still be friends right exactly and, uh, like know, be at different like places. to me there to me there's not going to be a document that said the reptilians work with the germans in this space like that's they're not going to have a document about that so but I'm willing to be wrong. Like, 
Like you're one person of billions of people that's saying that. Um, no, I'm not. What? <laughs> I'm actually not one person. I, I'm sure there's others, right? I'm, I'm a sure. voice for a, a, maybe a number of people, right? But anyway. I'm not the only person. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, either way, I'm saying like. Hey, I'm going to look more into that because I, again, I just want the truth. So I'm going right. to, I'm staying open. I'm going to look more into all that. That's, that's interesting to me. Right. You know, the thing, well, we know we're lying to you about history. Don't exist, right? If the so, documents don't exist and, and you're saying, okay, well, of course they wouldn't exist. Then the next best thing that you can get is you can find, um, you know, if that was to be true, then you would find signs of that kind of a, because that's very, a very corrupted, dark, way of thinking you know if you really do have an alliance with such dark beings and your goal really is to dominate the planet and and create this slave planet you know then there would be signs of that in in and around your society at the time leading up to even when you know the war broke out and so if you if you it's not the problem is it's not consistent you know, it's none of these these stories about th this scenario of the Germans is consistent with the goals and aspirations of the German people, starting from well, the I, First World War. I agree. On. I don't. Well, first of all, if these programs did exist, these people weren't willingly allying with the reptilians. Like this isn't. This was being. They were. This is all slave labor. They were forced to do this. It, that doesn't mean like the German people are bad. That means that a certain individuals had slaves and people were forced like we know scientists are forced to develop technologies for these black budget programs um the mk or project montauk like those scientists have came forward like they were forced to create altars and and literally traumatized children they didn't want to be doing that like that's kind of stuff happens like it doesn't mean that the entire german people are bad people but um that's just but at the yeah, same that, time Right. Well, I think Roosevelt, President Roosevelt, would differ with you on that one, Tyler. As if you as... go back into the into the diaries, into the into the correspondences between the consuls, you would see there was literally a hatred toward the German people and a plan to get them into a war and to eliminate them. Well, yeah, economically like... from the world scene. Okay, so on that the is world completely stage. right there yeah. from the world stage and eliminate them as people, as right, right. people, eliminate them. Okay, so. Uh, right, right. And there, this is something which is no conspiracy theory. This is a fact. Okay. And so all the other stories about what emerged, who they, you know, what we were told, and we're still being told in Hollywood movies, almost every film has a line in it about, you know, that false narrative about the Germans. It's because the people that are doing that were the ones that created the attempt to eliminate them. And they're still in power and they were in power before during and they're and they're and they're planning to be in power in the future if they can have their way and the only thing stopping them is us coming out and saying no we're calling you on your bs we're no longer going to fit we're no longer going to feed the narrative of the timeline and the energy that you want that is going to create a timeline you want to manifest in fact right. we're going to drop that narrative altogether we're not going to invest our energy any longer in it and all those books and people that are still doing that, they're only contributing to that timeline, whether they're doing it consciously or inadvertently or uh, whatever, you know, but the fact is they are. And I'm I'm here to try and balance that a little bit <laughs> right. to at least have a discussion so long as I don't end up in jail because of it. <laughs> right, right. I hope that doesn't happen. And at the end of well, the day, these yeah. are all details. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who are the 
like if we want to argue about oh no it's these are these are the being oh no these are the bad guys no these are the it's like well who cares there what we know is there are forces there are dark forces trying to manipulate humanity that i think we can all pretty much agree on that so at the end of the day it's like you just need to take your power back and create you know from your sovereignty and if enough of us do that it's game over and it doesn't matter the details you know the details are the details but i i, I totally totally agree with what you're saying of like there is so much manipulation that has been going on for so long. It's it's really hard to know. Like we're we're taught history, we're taught these things, and doesn't know what's really where's the truth in this, and what's just complete lies and manipulation. You know, because it's like right. how how would we well, know if all we've ever been taught is one narrative? And then you know, but then exactly. you, so that's when you get into like these whistleblowers and these people that come out saying, "Hey, this was my experience," but then there are there's lies within that to different degrees. And it's like, you gotta, that's up to each individual person to, right. to figure out what is true. Cause there is no authority outside of, you know, it's like, Oh no, I'm going to say, you know, it's like, okay, well here's, I'm going to present my research. I'm going to present what I have come to. And now everyone has to make up their own minds ultimately. And, right. but at the end of the day, it just comes down to like, we're the ones we've been waiting for. Like you said, like we're yeah. it, let's, let's, realize that let's uh raise our vibration and come together and realize we're gonna start creating a reality that is you know what a right. reality we want to live in <laughs> let's just put it that way rather than a slave planet that we're being manipulated into creating which is what is trying to be forced upon us and right. enough people wake up it's game over because we're not gonna we're not gonna create our own enslavement whittlingly we have to be manipulated into it but yeah, just question question everything do your own research right. look at everything don't dismiss it yeah at the end of the day uh and and you make up your own mind you know don't don't just believe things because you hear them from anyone you know right. that, that just goes for anyone across the board um no matter how much you you like or respect somebody you know you could be getting disinfo you just you never know and you gotta do do your own due diligence to figure out things for yourself um but, you know, none of us, we grow up in school systems and we grow up being taught to believe authority. Don't question, you know, we're, none of us are taught how to really do that, <laughs> to, to think critically, do our, do, do our own research, do our due diligence. Uh, we're taught the opposite of that. So it's, it's hard for a lot of people to break out of that, you know, right. when your whole life, you're kind of molded into like, just, just believe these things. Don't question, just do this. Don't, don't ask any questions, you know? Um, don't listen to your internal guidance system. We yeah. need to all start reconnecting with our internal guidance system and our own souls, you know? Well, you, know, you always say where your attention goes and energy flows where your attention goes or how's it, yes. whatever you say, yeah. Energy goes where your attention, or energy flows where your attention goes, right? right. So get that back. who is steering that is the question you ask. Is it is it really you or, is, or are there forces outside of you that are manipulating that? Um, well, it looks like you got it all tight, man. <laughs> <laughs> you got it right thank you but uh, um well critical this thinking been, this is yeah been, thank you so much man for coming on it's yeah this has been interesting for sure uh and what do you have do you have anything coming up that you want to let people know about uh yeah in uh exactly one month to today i'm going to be on um the portal to ascension giving a project uh, looking glass and tale of two timelines presentation so you can check that out that's going to be on september 2nd at uh, 11 a.m pacific time a two-hour 
live webinar where I'm going to be presenting a lot of this information. So you might want to check that out. And I, like I said to you earlier, I've just completed a new webinar called The Inner Looking Glass, which deals with the non-existent pineal gland. And, uh, <laughs> uh, and it's, you know, a deep dive into the history of that whole story of the pineal gland, technologically, chemically, functionally, historically, culturally, very interesting, three parts. And, you know, people are writing me excellent reviews. So there's that, that would be available at cyberhive.tv. But if you want to reach out to me or find me, just go to my website, frankjacob.com. And at the top of that website, there are links to the webinar and to we've made a bunch of films. You mentioned that you saw Packing for Mars. That's one of them. Solar Revolution, um, the Klaus Donner Chronicles, which is another interesting documentary that talks about archaeological finds that don't fit into the picture of official mainstream archaeology, um, out of place artifacts, basically, with Klaus Dona. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it for now. I, th I think. Um, those are a good starting point if you want to check out my world. Awesome. Well, Beautiful. thank you so much. Um, guys, go ahead and make sure you check out the Portal to Ascension webinar coming up. Aaron and I are actually going to be at a Portal to Ascension event at the end of November, the Crystal Skull Conference. Yeah. In Sedona. Yep. Yeah. So uh, we love Neil. We just had Neil on the show. It was a great conversation. If you missed that, go and check it out. Um, go check out Frank's webinar. And um, thanks again for joining us. Thank you all for tuning in. Don't forget our documentary is now available on our Patreon. That link is below as well. And the public release date is to be announced. So uh, stay tuned for that. We love you. Good night and have a great evening.